What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts, radio, news. We saw uh, data this week encouraging, I guess we could say, on inflation. At least it hit targets. Sure. But also today, the first drop in consumer sentiment in four months. Yeah, actually the biggest intramonth drop, because this was the final read we got today, which dropped from the preliminary read by almost three points. That's the biggest intramonth, intramonth drop we've seen since March of 2020. And we all know what happened in March of 2020. That was the onset yeah, of the pandemic. So how much of a concerning sign is that, especially as we're seeing gas prices moving up. Oil hit $80 a barrel again on WTI for the first time since November today. Well, I'm glad to say uh, we have the voice of an expert joining us with mm -hmm. the view of the White House today. Indeed we do. Jared Bernstein, the chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors, is joining us now live from the White House North Lawn. Jared, always good to have you on the show. Thank you very much for joining us, Mr. Chairman. When we look at data like this, which suggests that after a lot of conversation about consumer sentiment being on the upswing, maybe it is not actually that steady, perhaps not that sustainable, potentially still a little bit vulnerable. Does that make you nervous? Well, the three-month consumer sentiment index is up almost 25%. And that is a uh, much more reliable trend than this uh, wiggle we got off of the uh, movement from the preliminary, which was positive, to the final, which was negative. Look, your point about the gas price is, is a good one. And we're going to have to uh, keep watching this very carefully. But uh, I don't think anyone should change their view that consumer sentiment, consumer confidence, uh, has been moving in a pretty reliable uh, way in a direction suggesting that economic improvements have been reaching people in a way that they weren't a few months ago. And those improvements, of course, reflect easing inflationary pressures, a strong job market, rising real wage growth, very strong consumer spending and GDP. So uh, any, any one month can uh, wiggle and bounce uh, one way or another, but the uh, trend remains uh, 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 solid in that regard. We're hearing talk, Mr. Chairman. It's good to see you. Uh, welcome back of, uh, of, of a world in which there are no rate cuts in <laughs> this calendar year. You know I wouldn't ask you about Fed policy, but I just wonder what that says about the strength of this economy and whether it's a runaway train. Well, I guess you have a lot of things going in different directions here. I mean, uh, we had some uh, inflation reports that came in above expectations, and then we had an inflation report that hit expectations dead on. We had a retail sales report that, if anything, uh, went uh, the other way, more cool than hot. Uh, we have uh, job numbers that have been exceptionally strong. I think you really have to, again, I think it's really important to look at the underlying trend. Uh, one of the most important mm -hmm. is the unemployment rate that's been below 4% for two years years running. Uh, that's a great number. It's supporting, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, nominal wage gains that are beating uh, inflation. So real wages up about 10 months in a row. Again, a pretty reliable trend there. Uh, so uh, uh, one of my jobs is to, of course, uh, look at carefully and get all kinds of nervous about the high frequency data flow, but to really keep an eye mm -hmm. on the underlying momentum, uh, which remains strong.
Well, you say the underlying momentum remains strong. You point to the strength of the labor market specifically. When you look at this economy, Mr. Chairman, do you see any sign of easing being necessary? Well, I'm not going to get into uh, what the Federal Reserve should do with monetary policy. What I will say is um, I just uh, was looking at some of the forecasts for um, Q1 GDP, and I've seen numbers that are in the 2% range. Let's call that something like trend growth. Now, look, the, the way these hydraulics work, as, as you too well know, is that if the economy is growing at trend, uh, the unemployment rate tends to stay around where it is. And again, my very broad theory of the case is that as, as labor market remains strong and inflation continues uh, to ease, again, on trend, uh, continues to ease. And, and, and that, too, by the way, is a very reliable forecast. There, uh, uh, virtually every forecast I've seen has inflation uh, continuing to ease throughout the year. That's a recipe for rising real wages. Now, in an economy that's 70 percent consumer spending, uh, that's a, a good recipe for uh, continued growth. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say you know, anything about what the Fed should do there, uh, but that is, a, that is and has been a, a reliable recipe uh, to keep things moving forward in a good way for American households. Jared, I'm sure uh, you're looking forward to the State of the Union address. This is a big week ahead for the White House. I don't know to what extent you're involved uh, in, in contributing to the framing of the economic argument that the president is going to make next week. But we're reporting that he's going to call for some familiar ideas, higher taxes on the wealthy and businesses. There are some other uh, things that we can talk about outside of the economy. But I wonder what it is that you're looking forward to message to the American people next week. One of the reasons I get to come out here and talk to you is because I don't get ahead of the president. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm, certainly, I'm certainly not going to do that when it comes to the State of the Union. Um, but what I can tell you uh, is uh, the last part of your question is very much on point, which is the message to the American people, not referring anything to, uh, to SOTU, as we call it around here, State of the Union, uh, but just uh, uh, the ongoing uh, economic recovery. And I, I guess I do think that this, this narrative tends to get lost in the hurly-burly of, of the everyday news flow, which I understand. I'm part of it. Uh, so are you. Sure. And, and we get it. <laughs> but let's pull back a second and think about where we were and where we are. Okay? When we, were, when we got here, uh, the vaccination rate was about zero. Uh, we had a great uh, uh, vaccine, but it wasn't getting out there. We had families and businesses looking really worried about getting to the other side of the pandemic. The president gets here, puts the rescue plan in place, gets checks in pockets, shots in arms, massive improvement in the vax rate. And here we are now, all these years later, in the midst of a remarkable recovery, particularly in the sense that people said we couldn't do it. I mean, economists, Tony economists, said we couldn't get the inflation rate down by two-thirds without giving up a bunch of points on unemployment or on GDP. Well, I just told you, we had a GDP north of 3% in Q4, tracking 2% in Q1, unemployment we've talked about, and all of this with inflation down two-thirds off of its peak. So I would consider this pretty remarkable recovery. Now, for President Biden, it only matters if it's reaching families at their kitchen tables full stop. If I go in and tell him, I go in the Oval and tell him about GDP and the stock market, he's going to want to know from me, how is that helping families like the one I grew up in, Jared? And I, and I will explain to him that we've got real wages growing for middle wage workers, growing for low wage workers. And in fact, they're growing faster at the middle and the bottom than the high end. So the economy is 
delivering the goods to a lot of working families as prices ease. Now, we've got more work to do, particularly on that price side, uh, but moving in the yeah. right direction and, and sentiment indices starting to reflect that. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Well, so on the price side, given everything that you just told us about how wages have increased, the consumption engine is still very much uh, chugging along, GDP growth stronger than expected. All of that indicates that the demand is not going down in the way that perhaps uh, was intended originally. And I just wonder how great of a risk do you think there is of a reacceleration in price pressures because demand has been so strong? Do you, can you rule out that we will see another upswing in inflation? Well, I think one of the things that we often do, and again, it's understandable, especially with the high frequency uh, reporting and uh, scrutinizing every, every data report, is that we're looking at all these bank shots. If A happens, what will B and C mean for inflation? Sorry, we've got some noise in the background. Uh, <laughs> Business goes on at the White House. We understand, sir. <laughs> we, we, we love to see working people at work around here. Uh, That's right. One of the, uh, it's a tight long game. What, what I think we have to keep in mind is that the best indicator of inflation is inflation, all right? There are a lot of bank shots and a lot of ways demand can play through this, but the, uh, the, the, our own analysis at the CEA has been quite clear, and I think this is largely confirmed by many other economists who've looked carefully at this, is that the disinflation we've achieved thus far has largely come from improvements on the economy's supply side. In fact, that's almost axiomatic when you think of inflation easing two-thirds off of its peak without giving much on the demand side. It kind of almost has to be supply-side contributions. And our, our own work explains about 80% of the disinflation through supply chain unsnarling, through improvements in the labor force in terms of labor supply. We think there's still more room to run there. So it's not enough to just look at the demand side of equation. You have to look at the supply side as well. And you have to look end of the day, beginning of the day, middle of the day, look at the inflation indicators, which again, have been have been easing solidly uh, with you know a bump here or there in any given month. I had an interesting uh, encounter with Tom Swazi earlier this week. Uh, Mr. Chairman, the newest Democrat in the House of Representatives, he was sworn in uh, Wednesday evening. This, of course, is George Santos's former seat. And he was asked by many of the folks who were there about how did he win. And he was talking mainly about the economy, a little bit about the border as well. But he, he seemed to have a sense of what drives the angst, the frustration, in many cases, the anger behind the MAGA movement, Donald Trump supporters, and, and many Republican voters around the country. And he pointed to wages as the first thing. You make $7, $10 minimum wage, even $15 an hour. That means you're not pulling in more than 20 or 30 grand a year. You can hardly afford to live. It's impossible to guarantee you can send your kids to college, secure your family. And he said that is the root of all of this. What's the message to those voters who are looking to Donald Trump for relief? I think you, ask, you really have to ask yourself, who's fighting for whom? 
I think we saw this contrast at the border yesterday. Uh, this president is consistently fighting to solve the challenges uh, that we face right now. I think his track record in uh, challenge solving uh, on the economy is extremely strong. That's what we've been talking about for the last few minutes here. Uh, but I think the larger issue here, in answer to your question, is uh, which uh, which, which person, which administration is going out there and trying to uh, solve exactly the problem that uh, newly minted Congressman Swazi was identifying? This president wakes up every day trying to figure out new ways to help families like the one he grew up in. Most recently, that's been about lowering prices, going after junk fees, actually legislating lower prices for prescription drugs, for health coverage. The opposition wants to take that legislation away. They want to repeal it. Now, if you repeal something that's putting downward pressure on costs, guess what? Those pressures reverse and they go up. So I think it's a very clear matter of who's fighting for whom and who is essentially uh, trying to uh, create a sense of chaos and, and uh uh, you know, and, 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 and dysfunction. Uh, this president is all about good, solid governance on behalf of working families, and he's got a track record to prove it. And we've got some great unfinished business in the areas of housing, in the area of childcare, in the area of lower costs that we'd like to keep working on. Well, and the ability to continue working on that will obviously depend on uh, the outcome of the election in November. And on that note, Bloomberg, together with Morning Consult, just uh, released a survey yesterday of the swing stage, which shows Biden is behind Trump and all seven of those uh, that we polled. And on the issue of the economy, almost consistently in every state within the data, the feeling of the national economy is much worse than the feeling of the state economy or the local economy. As you get closer to home, people actually feel better. How do you make the res that resonate? nationally how does what can the white house do to make the feeling about the economy as a whole better if it's not so bad when you're just looking at your neighborhood well first of all let me just say that uh the poll that matters the most is the one uh, uh which happens when when folks uh, pull the lever or fill in uh the the voting forms and uh and and those polls have consistently uh favored uh democrats um, what I would say is that uh, we have to keep our heads down, not pay, not get overly absorbed in uh, the ups and downs of uh, the kinds of polls you just mentioned, uh, which have proven to be pretty unreliable, I think, uh, when it comes to actual voting behavior, and focus on very much you know, what we've accomplished and what we intend to continue to accomplish. When we got here, we had an unemployment rate that was unacceptably high, and the very first speech, economic speech that the president gave, he talked about the importance of getting back to full employment. Well, he did that. He got back to full employment very quickly, historically quickly, and we've stayed there. While we've stayed there, we've managed to work on improving the economy's supply side and unsnarl some of those chains, uh, helping to increase labor supply, helping to increase the flow of goods into our retail sector, and that's helped to ease inflation significantly. Meanwhile, he's legislated historic investments in the future, in clean energy, in lower health care costs, in domestic production of semiconductors, domestic production of EV cars and batteries. So it's, it's a fantastic track record. 
triggered, and it's one we will continue to talk about. Now, the the if you want to talk about some uh, in, indices, you know, I would argue that um, uh, a good question three or four months ago is why isn't everything you're telling me, Jared, reaching the consumer sentiment indexes? But you can't make that uh, argument so strongly anymore. Uh, we have the uh, UMish sentiment up even with today's slip. It's up 25% over the past three months. So yeah. uh, it, it looks to me like uh, the progress that were made is actually starting to be felt by more and more consumers. We're going to keep our head down and, and, and do all we can to continue to move in that direction. And Jared, final question for you. You've been very generous with your time today, sir, and we appreciate it. But other news today comes from commercial real estate lender New York Community Bank Corp. Plunging again, saying it discovered material weaknesses in how it tracks loan risks. Obviously, there are some idiosyncratic factors at play here specifically for NYCB. But to what extent is the White House concerned more generally about commercial real estate right now or broader knock-on effects it could have for the banking system? CRE has been on our watch list uh, at CEA for a long time now, so this is not uh, a new thing at all. Uh, what we try to do is uh, get uh, uh, away from any particular case and especially commenting on any particular case. So we don't want to uh, influence market moves at all in this regard. Uh, sure. What we're looking at is the what we're looking at is the impact on the economy, the, the dynamics, uh, the narrative that you and I have been discussing for the last uh, few minutes out here, and what we see our uh, bank, household, and corporate balance sheets all looking pretty strong. Now, uh, there's been uh, some uh, increases in, uh, in uh, debt accumulation. There's been some increases mm -hmm. in some default rates. But many of those, if you look at them historically, they're kind of coming off the mat. They're back to around where they were pre-pandemic. I think in, fr from our perspective, the most important thing is, are those balance sheets as such that we think that the risk of systemic contagion is quite low? And I would argue that they are. If you look at the debt service that okay. folks are paying as a share of their income, it still looks uh, quite low. And uh, that gives us uh, some faith that we're in a, in a good place with the buffers to absorb what we're seeing. Mr. Chairman, I feel like you brought us outside for outdoor class today. I feel like I'm back <laughs> on Boston Common. It looks like a beautiful one on the North Lawn. Uh, thank you for the seminar and for always being so generous with your time. Jared Bernstein is chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisors. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.